Hello, sports fans. Welcome to another episode of probably the most pointless podcast on the internet. It's That's What She Said. Thank you to our good friend, Sportsbet. Plenty to get through today. We've got the A-League final. We've got... What else do we have? Weird rules in sports. We've got females. How do they belong in sports? They still belong on the podiums, not to receive a medal, but to be giving them all these things to get through. We've got joined with me as always, Ashley, no guns, Nelson and Mel will never retire Barbieri. Um, how are we both ladies? You're looking good, Parker. Go say, you've got a nice glow about you. Um, potentially a post juice cleanse glow. Or you've gone and eaten 10 burgers after your juice cleanse and that's why you look so good. I can't quite tell. She's oh, got that oily I, look. <laughs> guys, I, I didn't eat. I didn't know if it was going to be possible. For 60 hours. 60 hours I had nothing but juice. Um, you two, of course, got my updates through WhatsApp. I sent you a few of them. I, I didn't vlog it as I was planning on because I just kind of got bored. Also, it's very hard to drink eight juices a day. That's a lot of liquid. Well, That's I a lot just, of sugar. This, yeah. And no, also, like my first one was like all vegetables with a lemon. Like lemon was the sweetener. So it's like, that's not sugar. Like it was, it wasn't like sweet stuff. It was just a lot of, um, you liquid. know, when you say, when you say juice, I just straight up think orange juice. Like yeah, it no, no, no. It's like green juices and stuff and like ginger and stuff. One of them had like cayenne pepper in it. It was very, that was a very nice one, actually. You probably um, spend more kilojoules going to the toilet. Like the amount of times you would have to go to the toilet, you're not eating much. You're having to go every couple of minutes. Like if I have a cup of tea, give me two minutes and I have to go. If I reckon if I had seven juices, was it seven juices every day? Eight. Eight. Eight, eight juices every day. I just think that I just have to camp, you know, by the toilet. Minute, by the toilet. Yeah, I, I did. I, I went to the toilet for a lot of number ones, not as many number twos as I would have thought. And this is very early to bring up number two chat. <laughs> yes, very early. We're usually doing this in the latter half of the show. So stick with us. If you're a new listener, stick with us. Um, but also, guys, last week we discussed. Um, was it last week we discussed dropping phones in toilets? Yes. Yes. You will was. never believe it. I dropped my phone in the toilet last week. I have never put my hand in a toilet that had not been flushed fast enough. I just could not believe it. I've not dropped my phone in the toilet for years. And then what we was, discussed it. What was the circumstances around it? Was it were that you, you pulled your pants down, <laughs> the, the, the phone fell out, you were just drunk and then we're trying to text and you fumbled your way into the toilet? What was the context around it? I had the toilet, the, the phone, I don't know, it was on a little stool. We could have, <laughs> it was just, there. Anyway, I was picking it up and as I picked it up, it kind of like... The, 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 like I juggled it. I did not have as safe hands as you, Melissa. Um, <laughs> and it went in the toilet and I was really worried because my phone's got a lot of cracks in it because I don't look after my possessions. And I thought that it would um, get in trouble. But look, we... we <laughs> look, uh, I, I commend you for your dedication to That's What She Said podcast and saying that... <laughs> We had to do uh, research in the dropping of phones into the toilet. Fine. I've uh, dropped phones before in the past and they've been broke. They've broken. Whereas I can confirm the iPhone 11 will deal with the submerging in the toilet water for a few seconds. Well, this is, this is true because while you dropped your phone in the toilet, I don't know if it was somebody listening in on a conversation 
but an article popped up on my newsfeed and the headline was poop soaked phone rescued from national forest toilet over in Montana in the US. And that was an iPhone 11 pro. Apparently the sanitation workers managed to dig it out of the bottom of the toilet tank. They plugged it in and it was still working. They had to get a pair of what they call grabbers in order to pull it out. So they were like, oh, we've got some grabbers that can get bottles and stuff out. You so we got it out. Yeah, I know. This is someone's job here. And then they managed to get the SIM card and identify the information. They left a voicemail for the phone owner who then went and picked up her poop-soaked <laughs> iPhone 11. You, this is why you don't touch other people's phones. I've now, like, started sanitising my phone after I have to. Um, during COVID times. Yeah. Whenever I get wipe or something, I'd wipe my phone down because you just never know if somebody's taught phone's been in the sanitation plant or not nowadays. Well, then it just begs the question of what weird things would they see on the job pulling out of the toilet, yeah. which I don't want to think about too much more. But I just kind of went, you dropped your phone down the toilet. That article popped up on my newsfeed. And we spoke about it last week. It was destined to be spoken about on this very average, poor-performing podcast. <laughs> and some people would think that we are giving a plug to the iPhone 11 here, but I've got a buddy, Samsung. I don't even get sponsored by Apple. So, <laughs> all in all, if you send a text the toilet or drops your phone down the toilet, you should be getting an iPhone 11. <laughs> um, well, guys, last, the last couple of weeks I've been trying to you know, spark up the start of the com the conversation with a fun fact. That's not gone down so well because you guys don't think my facts are fun. Um, <laughs> although I did get a text from a friend last week saying, I told my brother the fun facts about the weather and he said that was wild and very fun. So I'm just saying that I had fun had thing. some feedback. But this time I was just having a think and I had a sneeze, a chew bless me. And I thought that is one of the most satisfying feelings in the world, sneezing, right? Because it just, it's just so good. Right. And I was thinking, I'm going to give you guys my list of top five most satisfying things that I believe, um, PG rated, of course. And <laughs> I want to see <laughs> whether or not you guys would like to add or take anything out. All right. Are you guys yes. ready? Agreed. Okay. All right. It's very hard to put it in the right order. Okay. Because I think that it depends on your mood. All right. Number five, your first sip of a beer or a wine on a Friday afternoon. Very satisfying. All right. Let me finish, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you give me that look. No, she gave, Number she gave four. that. Number four. Oh, right, Copy. we're not discussing one by one. No, we're just no, no, doing no, it no, all. No, no. Okay, Listing right. It and then you can add or take out. Thank you. Listing this is first. my okay. list. Mm. Number four, popping a pimple. Great. Great. Number three, <laughs> sneezing. Number two, fresh sheets after a warm shower where you shaved your legs. <laughs> Very specific. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> Number one, taking your bra off. I would like to, although I would like to take out first sip of beer on a weekend and put in there brushing your teeth after a night out in the mo next morning. 
Yes. That is my list. Please <laughs> add, add or subtract. Or would you like any special mentions? Um, I would like to say agree with the pimple because I am an avid pimple popper and I get satisfaction over watching Dr. Pimple Popper Mm. and when they get the core of the pimple out as well, or like, you know, whatever it is that she's squeezing, like like until the Dr. Pimple Popper, is that good? Until the core of it comes out, it's not over. (laughs) <laughs> but there's this intense satisfaction and I know it's disgusting, but those of you that are a pimple popper watcher, um, you'll understand what I'm saying. So that's right up there. Um, I also, um, have a really, f- uh, I like when I open the yoga container and it's got like the set yogurt on the top of the lid and eating that first. Do you know what I was thinking? And I actually, this is what even made me think about this list. Peeling off pieces of plastic, um, like, you know, when you get a new phone and you peel off the plastic yes. on top. Oh, also good. Know, that fits in. I reckon that fits in very high. High. And then um, the other one I would like to contribute is when you've been wearing your hair up and you've gone to a special event and they've put heaps of pins in it and lots of hairspray and it's been very taut and then you take it all out and it's almost like your head can finally rest. Because <laughs> it, is, it, is, it has been pulled back for so long and your head and your hair strands, I don't know what it is, but they are so sore. And then you just pull it all out and you're like, oh, it's your like taking get, your bra off you, for your hair. Yeah, I was about to say, it's on par. Your, your head gets sore for a few days after that. Mm. Like, it gets very sore. Would you like to add anything in, Bubs? Uh, yeah. Like, like your kid going to sleep? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My kid going to sleep, exactly. Having uh, to drink no- without your kid speaking to you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think the first one for me would be, you know when you're at those dinner parties and you've got to be polite and you're all dressed up and you've got food stuck in your teeth and so you can't reach in there and get it out and then you get you get home and you can finally use like floss or something and it's just that's 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 (laughs) those fancy dinner parties so not your parties because there's no one there there. (laughs) i'm flossing my teeth at the table Uh, for the yeah, new that's... listeners, that's a running joke because Bob's had a birthday, a New Year's Eve party. No one rocked up. She made <laughs> crock and bush, <laughs> which highlighted how many people didn't show up. Yes, exactly. It was a mountain of fucking crock and bush parfait that I had to fucking eat myself. I'll never get over that. Anyway, continue. Sorry. And Tim, uh, with twenty-four crock and bush, walked out with twenty-four <laughs> crock and bush. Oh, now, the other, the other thing for me satisfying is the swish when you, when you shoot a basket in basketball, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. the, the sound of a swish is, um, and also yeah. the net back of the net when you hit a football. I was about to say there's satisfying sounds in sport and like hitting yeah. a tee shot really well. The sound yeah. of that in hockey, it's hitting the backboard. Mm. Um, there's certain sounds that go, oof. Oofed. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oofed, oofed. Oof, yeah, and yeah. I had another one, but I can't remember. Oh, I lost oh, it. I've just thrown oh. that one on you guys, so. Yeah. Know, but um, the bra one, that's a great one. Oh, I mean, there's, who's there's even wearing a bra one. now, honestly? Oh, I've got one. I've got one. Ugg boots. Ugg boots after training on a cold night. Bam. 
that's Man. that's about putting him putting your ugg boots on in melbourne on a freezing cup <laughs> just just resting those front calluses of their is that it <laughs> that your calluses finally get a break <laughs> yeah especially and do you know what bubs it's not so much in hockey because we wear quite comfortable shoes, but in football boots, especially oh, yeah. when you get to take them off, taking them off and putting on something, anything, anything. Yeah. It's a, it's a different, different world. Those are. I could actually could go all day. A uh, face washer, a warm, warm face washer. That's on a plane. On a oh plane. yeah. Oh, on a plane. Any, anywhere actually. Well, no, I was about to get into another topic, but we actually need to get into the show because we haven't started anything at all. So, that's a discussion for another. Well, sport, there was sport, a sport reference in there. Once. Once. <laughs> we had well, one in there. But, <laughs> we will get into, I, I guess, a very big bit of sport for you over the weekend, Bubs. It was the A-League final and it might have been missed um, around a lot of different places. I mean, it's a weird year and it's probably those smaller sports have kind of been put to the the back burner a little bit. It's weird because it's not a small sport. It's the biggest sport in the world and we know that. Um, <laughs> but in Australia, um, it didn't get much of, a, of noise over here in Perth, but it was the A-League final. Um, Sydney FC came out as champions again. Yeah, they came out as champions. Oh, honestly, as a Melbourne City fan, um, you know, what the boys have had to go through in order to just to get the season underway, to finish it, you know, it, it's been, a, it was a year long. It went for a year, including all the hiatus and all that. So the boys, eight weeks spent in a hub um, without their families and, and without the resources that the AFL have, I, I must say, um, must have been pretty hard on them. Um, but yeah, Melbourne City, they played super well. Like it was really, really frustrating for me because um, they did score a goal early on. I absolutely went nuts, um, you know, tore the house down celebrating and then realised that VAR had come on on the screen and they disallowed the goal for an offside. Uh, very contentious. I mean, I don't think um, it's offside because he's blocking the view of the keeper in slow motion, but in actual time, um, you know, I, I couldn't see it, but then so when just, you slow it down, you kind of go, Oh, okay. Well, maybe with, with that bums, if he hadn't been blocking the view of the keeper, but he had still been offside, would it have been ruled a goal. a goal because he yeah, had no impact goal. on the, the ball or the shot. Yeah. So uh, the goalkeeper, Redmayne has to kind of duck his head around him a couple of times and then uh, Delbridge strikes the ball and he has a clear vision of when he strikes it but just that half a second beforehand um, you kind of say well maybe but um, you know being a City fan <laughs> I'm a little biased. Do you think the but right decision was made in the end though if you sort of reversed it and you didn't have that bias? Yeah, if, if you if, think the uh, right decision would be made, and if you were in the goal as the the keeper, yeah, that would have been something that you would have been appealing. Yeah, that's what I. At the end of the day, that's what I said to myself. I'm like, if I was Redmayne in the goal and someone was stood in front of me like that, yeah, I'd be pretty upset. But none of the players actually said anything. None of the Sydney players. The keeper didn't even say anything. He didn't say anything about it. Um, but yeah, they 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 look at all facets of goals and and they came up with that one. But for me, the most frustrating part was the fact that City outplayed them for a long, long time. And 
um, you know, just just ran out of legs at the end of it. Um, unfortunately, a couple of players had to come off injured, and and when that happens, you know, you're starting to struggle. And so Brian Grant, though, he was awarded the the best player on field. Do yeah. you don't agree with that though? So what is it, the Joe Master Medal? And you're saying yeah. that even though he scored the goal in the hundredth minute in overtime and had a relatively good game, you don't think that he should have been awarded that? No, I I mean, he's a good player. He played well, but Tommy Glover for Melbourne City absolutely killed it all night. Like reflex saves, six saves um, in the night. I think it was actually eight, which is the most saves in any A-League grand final. Um, Not that that matters when you're looking up stats and all that stuff, but in football, we very rarely see a winner in the losing side. I mean, some of the best players in the AFL have done that, but you know, in all the grand finals, you usually see the, the player that wins it, um, you know, be part of the winning side. But this time I actually thought uh, Tom Glover would get it. I actually laughed because I was watching some of it when I was listening to the commentary when the goal was scored. And the commentary went like this. Luke Bratton has to, had to drop it right on the nipple and he does drop it right on the nipple. Is that not the first time you've heard the word nipple twice in one sentence? Yeah, <laughs> in commentary. Say- <laughs> he just said, all he has to say is chest. Like, why is he saying nipple? <laughs> he yeah, does say he chest. Can't. He does say chest, but it's like he got bored of saying that. Because <laughs> I think he said that he scores the goal off the chest. It's a perfect, you know, ball in. Um, he, d- he uses his head to take the ball on his chest and score the goal. So that's what was initially said. And then when they're going back through the highlights and going back through the replay of the goal, he actually changes to, he had to drop it on the nipple and he drops it right on the nipple. Anyway, <laughs> it just kind of made me laugh. I just went, you know, that's a, that's a highlight of commentary right there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of turned it off. So I was heartbroken. So I'm like, turn it off. So I didn't hear any of that. But no I wouldn't nipples. put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them. Like, talk about terrible coverage. Like, it's just been the worst year for, like, football. And it's just going to get worse next year. So, um, yeah, but I couldn't be prouder of the boys. I mean, they were, they were fantastic and just couldn't pick it up in the end. How often would a best on ground be a goalie winning that. I mean, I can imagine Only if it was, once. yeah. And, and was it a game that was went down to penalties? Yeah. I can't, I don't yeah. know if you remember, you probably, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't penalties. It was, um, it was Lawrence Thomas in the final against uh, the new Newcastle Jets in 2018 um, do you remember the the footage of the goalkeeper with strapping all over his face? He'd been he kicked in the face about a hundred times, uh, and he yes. had bandages everywhere. Yeah, he won. Yeah. He, won, he had a yeah, but uh, he actually won them the game. So yeah. yeah, it's a hard it's a hard award to win. I mean, I know that speaking in AFL terms, it's very much a midfielder's kind of award. Same with the Brownlow. Um, yeah it becomes a, a hard award for somebody who doesn't get the ball as much like a goalie. So your moments are so influential and so important and the players know this. However, it doesn't get translated into those awards as such. And that's why, I mean, it's really important that you guys have those awards of 
golden gloves and things like that for you to actually get um, recognised because it is, it is difficult. And you look in AFL terms again, there's no award for a defender, essentially. There's Coleman mm. medalists for the forwards to kick goals and there's the Brownlow, which is more often than not a midfielder. There's nothing really for, the, for those defenders who are so integral into to champion teams, of course. I mean, he won, the, he won Man of the Match um, in the semi-final, but they yeah. won that game. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moral to the story, never be a defender. Midfield or striker for life. We know that. We know that. <laughs> you want the yeah. attention and the glory? Yeah. What struck out to me, and this was something that I wasn't aware of, guys, and we spoke just before the show started, Bubs, and you, you clearly knew it. And, Ash, I'm, I'm not sure if you knew it either, but by the letter of the law, celebrating a goal by covering your face with your shirt is a yellow card. It's not a popular rule, it says. It says it's Law 12, Section 3. Oh, I did not know that that was a thing. So, um, and that was Grant, who, Grant, Grant, wherever you're from, he should have been awarded a, a yellow card, even though it was for just a moment, where he apparently put his shirt over his head. Well, I always and, understood it that you had to take, because I, I heard about this a couple of years ago, and I don't know why I actually heard about it, whether or not someone had actually done it and then got sent off. But I thought that you had to take your shirt fully off. Yeah. rather than just put it over your head. But if we're being, you know, the lawyers that we are, going by subsection code, whatever Law you just said. <laughs> exactly. I it should be in Bunnings. File like... <laughs> <laughs> 12 on your right. Um, it, it sounds as though just putting your shirt over or covering your face with your shirt's enough to get sent off. Yeah, I think I think they kind of manoeuvre around it. So we always say it's interpretation of the rules. And yeah. most of the time, if you take your shirt off, then you'll get the yellow card. A lot of the times when... Why did that come in? Because they, they write stuff on their shirts Sponsors underneath. And stuff. No, no, like political slogans and things that you're not allowed to do for FIFA. So FIFA, you can do... A lot of things, but you can't bring religion or politics into anything um, to do with the game because it's so popular. Mm. Um, so, you know, they try and ban that because some people had messages on there. I think, I don't know if they ever did a Castro one or something like that. It's just, yeah. Was there a catalyst stuff. to stop it? When did this law come in? I sure we should have looked that up. Well, because they take off their shirts and then it takes so long for them to put it back on. Because, <laughs> you know, they go running around, uh, whip it <laughs> off, throw it around, and then they're like, I don't have a shirt, so they can't continue playing. <laughs> so they had to make it. Crap. Yeah. Well, it got me digging, guys, because I thought there's a lot of fun rules in sport that I didn't know about. Have you guys got any fun rules? Because I've got plenty that I've come across. Um, I've, got, I've got a couple. Because I this is going to be more fun than my fun facts, I promise. Well, I don't know if they're fun, but they're just a little bit well, I odd. Think this I one mean, is this one. Could, this could, like, yeah, you go then first. You've got one. Well, you see me, This is fun. This is a fun one. Right. You can lose a chess match if you show too much cleavage. So we would all be fine because <laughs> I've got no. none to show. But <laughs> what about pecs if you show showing pecs? <laughs> Judges can come and make a decision on the amount of cleavage that is distracting to the opposition. That is fun. That is a fun fact. And it might really improve the Here's um, a popularity of the sport. Do, is it, when you're playing chess, 
Is it do male men and yeah, male versus female, or is it a male men's competition and a, a women's Can competition? Men play women in chess because chess. you know. I guess you can be distracted by same yes. sex as well. But. Women have been competing with men at top chess events since the late 80s, but there's still a big performance gap. Oh, okay. In the most recent list of top 100 chess players, only one was a woman. That is a fun fact. We've got my fun fact in, guys. Which you go, why? Yeah. They earn the same titles as the men, so that's great. Okay. Well, there's a sport that both men and women can play equally but obviously there's a performance issue sort of going on there but okay yeah. fun fact i um also with clothing in tennis if there's an unintentional distraction so if someone loses their hat or their sunglasses comes off in the middle of a point the other player can request to have the point replayed even if the hat drops off and the person hits the ball and there's no way in hell that that person is going to get the ball they can still say i would like that point replayed which i yeah, think is you know i think i feel like there should be a bit more discretion than that because the hat falling off and you pull out a ripper forehand that the other player can't get to surely they shouldn't be able to request to replay the point well you'd think so you'd think that that's within the spirit of the game though yeah, but you know, like people. The spirit of the game. We all know people aren't always good people. Anyway, that was one that I actually saw, and we all know about the swimming as well. World um, swimming champs, two thousand and one, women's four by two hundred race. The girls jumped into the pool before the race was completed. That was an automatic disqualification. So that was a big no-no. That I don't think too many people knew at the time. Actually, well, they existed. didn't know. They no. didn't know at the time. Now this one is a wild one. This is wild. In like AFL, weather effect. No, no. In <laughs> AFL, uh, not necessarily the AFL level, but in Australian rules football, if you if you have more than eighteen players on the field in your team, so if you've got nineteen players, and the captain can call for a, a head count, and if you've got an extra, been found to have an extra person, the entire team, the entire score that your team has to that point is wiped out to zero. Really? I thought it'd just be like oh, wow. a 50 metre free kick or something along those so lines. So in AFL it is, in AFL it is. It's a shot on goal, I'm pretty sure, in AFL. But right. in lower levels, if you owe it, your entire team score is wiped. So if you do that in the fourth quarter, because this happened in the Sandful a couple of, uh, was it last year, that Norwood um, had an extra play in the field. They figured it out and got them off by the time the other team figured out and it was somebody in defence who didn't have any moment of play, but so they didn't get in trouble because they didn't request a head count. But <laughs> that's a lot of people. That's a lot. It's a massive punishment. Do you remember, Parker, at Glasgow Commonwealth Games and it was a semi-final between England and New Zealand and it had everything in it, including I think it might have been the English side... No, it must be the New Zealand side. Had an extra player on the field when they had gone to like overtime or was in the dying minutes of the game. But I can't remember. Well, that's what what I was thinking. I'm like, I don't remember the penalty. But I think because nobody had scored, there wasn't sort of the issue of, well, that goal doesn't count. I think somebody just gets sent off in that case. Maybe it's a green card or a yellow card. So So then they go down a player. Well, KRW might have gone off. 
KRW, Kate Richardson okay. Walsh. Yeah, yes, potentially. That would have made one, a difference. But The one rule that I didn't know about football for me, <laughs> like I should know all the rules, right? Um, I think it was, it was last year when I was playing and I hurt myself in, in the middle of the match. I was playing on the field, sorry, I, I just to clarify. I hurt myself in the middle of the front and I, I, and I went down on the ground and they keep playing until the ball stops and then they're allowed to come and, and attend to you. But I just thought, you know what, I'm so close to the bench, I'll just get off the field and they can treat me. You're not allowed to leave the field. Without, yeah, unless, yeah, unless I didn't know you're that. subbed. Unless you're, unless you're subbed or the referee calls someone on and then asks you to get off the field, yeah, you, I've got a yellow card for it. And I'm like, what? Well, <laughs> hockey's technically the same, isn't it, um, Parker, that, you know, you can't just walk off the field. If you get injured, you can't just take yourself over the back line and make your way around the field in order to keep the game going. You actually have to come off properly and go through the interchange gates. Otherwise, Same with footy. that's Same a disqualification with footy. as well. But you think you're doing the right thing because you're injured and you don't want to impact on the game. So you kind of just take mm. yourself off quietly over the sideline. That's but what I thought. Exactly, yeah. but you're doing the wrong thing. Is this mm. one, this is what I read, Bubs, and I don't know if it's true either. If you take your shoe off and kick the soccer ball, that's considered a handball. No. Well, I, I've ne- I would never do that. I've written and, here, check with bubs, because I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. But to be honest, that the referee... Oh, no, no, no. If, Maybe if you take your shoe off and hit the soccer ball with your shoe in your hand? I don't know. <laughs> I've, honestly, if, if somebody's boot comes off in a game and they kick the ball, n- nothing have, has ever been said. Maybe it's just written weirdly. Maybe they meant if your hand, yes, boot's on your hand. <laughs> If you're running that, around. That would make sense if it was like baseball because baseball, you can't take your hat off your head and catch the ball with your hat. Yeah, yeah like the movies say that you can. Exactly. And the last one, did you know as well, say you're playing a game of golf, if you, you can't ask the person, say you're Jason Day and I'm Tiger Woods, of course, because I'm the goat, and we're walking and we can't discuss anything to do with that round of golf while we're walking down the fairway and if you do it's a two-stroke penalty which is huge it's a huge penalty you can only talk to your caddy yes you can't talk about distances wind the um the hole anything like that that wouldn't work for me because whenever i go play golf now i literally whoever i'm playing with i'm like what iron do you need for this shot? Like, I just have no concept <laughs> whatsoever. So I would be racking up, like, minus or, like, you know, extra, sorry, plus two strokes. I just have no concept of what I'm doing on the golf course. can hit the ball a long way, provided someone tells me exactly what to do. Um, I, I hit the ball a long way into the rough. <laughs> I've got a great slice on me. <laughs> you, you and the remainder of people. But sport art is a funny slice. thing, isn't it? Like What's just that? all those little, well, sport's a funny thing, all those little incidental rules that you don't really understand. And like we've played, we've played um, soccer for such a long time, you know, bubs, and we play hockey for a long time. And even still, I got a warning on the weekend for not being five in a certain area of the field. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, yeah, I suppose that is true. You know, and I, how long? I should know week. that. <laughs> I applied the other week and I was like, oh, I'm very out of practice. I don't know anything. So I'm just like, a play on, didn't see it. It's Half Nelson. <laughs> yes, go, Queen. Woo!
Okay. That goes wild. <laughs> that's the Sorry. best. That's the best thing that you've made. <laughs> All right. Now I was um, just I don't know trolling the internet, trolling around is what I do on a you know Monday in lead up and preparing adequately for this podcast, and I came across a, a story which talks about um, how the basketball card industry has basically cropped back up again and it is a really big collector's item. I think basketball cards back in the day, sort of back when, you know, maybe the early 1990s, it was a huge thing to be collecting basketball cards, but now there's been a real resurgence. And a LeBron James rookie card sells for $1.8 million. That sold at an auction recently. $1.8 million for a basketball card. And I kind of went, well, I actually used to, my brother used to collect basketball cards and I could have been onto something or he could have been onto something. I probably would have just stolen it off him. But if we had kept those basketball cards, we could have been, you know, millionaires. And it just got me thinking about, you know, the weird things that you used to collect as a kid or potentially you came across people that collected weird items as well. That's my question. I had um, a mate of mine, every grand final his team uh, made, he would steal a patch of the grass and plant it in his backyard. <laughs> so he How would he run. Figure it so, you know, when you, when you crash the field, well, back in the day when you were able to jump the fence and, and get away with running onto the field a little bit, um, he would just kneel down, uh, whack a whack out one of his pocket knives out of his um <laughs> out of his pocket and cut himself a, a patch of the grass tear it up and put it in his jacket take it home and replant it so he's got stadium grass in his backyard grown from literal stadiums how country. many different stadiums does he have um he said he was up to six uh, and this is including the NSL days. So um, I don't, I'm not sure which part. Of, yeah, I, I always thought it was funny because I didn't believe him until we went to a grand final together and we were walking back to the car and he whips it out. I'm like, what? No, he doesn't whip that out. But he has the grass <laughs> under <laughs> I'm like, when the fuck did you do that? Like... We were in, in jubilation, jumping up and down, having a grand old time. We're walking back and I'm like, when did you even leave us to get that? Like, <laughs> just, you know, everyone's worried about flares these days. No, one, no one's looking for a patch of grass under your, <laughs> under your jacket. <laughs> Where does he even put it? He literally covers it. <laughs> it's cold. He covers it. Un- no, he puts it under his jumper and just sticks it under his jumper. And it's a nice chunk too. Like, I'm not talking about... A, a wee hand size it, it was it's like a good a4 or probably more a3 sheet i'm like where did you even put that and because he's quite tubby he had he had a bit of a, a a round belly that he could just like layer it up like he's he's a drug dealer or something he could have strapped it to his body and when he plants them yeah does he can you tell the difference between those bits of grass and the other bits yeah they're all different they're all different yeah, different grass. Patchwork grass. He's yeah. got that, like, yeah, and, and, he, and he maintains them as well. Like, he couldn't give a shit about every other area of the grass in the backyard. He just maintains these five or six patches of grass. 
It's a very extravagant thing to collect patches of grass. I I think it's a bit. I, I don't know, but um, I'm pretty sure my team hasn't made a grand final that many times. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> do you do you collect anything, Ash? I grew up being one of those kids that collected different types of coins and also stamps. So that's probably staying like how cool I was as we a child. We stamp collectors as Do you well. remember like putting the envelope into like water so Start that the, the stamp would like, you know, dislodge properly and then you put it in your little stamp collecting book and I think there yeah. might have even been like a book club that I was a member of and it was like the stamp collecting gang and they kind of give you like a little microscope glass that you can kind of look and, you know, inspect your the quality of your stamps. But I did that, but I also, when I used to work in healthcare, I always used to go and do home visits. So I'd go to people's homes. So you get a real insight into what people like collecting. And a lot of these people were elderly. So they'd had a lifetime of collecting. <laughs> and I remember going to one lady's home and she collected porcelain dolls. And is that not the freakiest no, that's very, collect. how old was she? Because my grandma had a big porcelain collection. Not necessarily, yes. yeah, but they I just think the porcelain, they have a bad rap because their eyeballs kind of do this weird thing that kind of drift in and out of consciousness and you're just yeah. like, ooh, what is happening yeah. with that? But I went, you know, I don't know if that lady had kids or grandkids, but that would be one nana that I would not want to go on school holidays and stay with with that many porcelain dolls going around. And I had another elderly gentleman and he literally had a room full of stubby holders. It was just stubby holders from wherever he went and it was one room just dedicated to that. And I went, well, that is a a boy's room if I've ever seen one. So Ralphie, my stepdad, Ralphie, you've met him. Yes. One of the greatest people you ever meet, but that reminds me of Ralphie because Ralphie, everywhere he goes, he will take a coaster. So he has over 3,000 coasters. But what does he do with them? Are we talking about these shitty coasters that you get at the pub and the bar that just add like paper? Yeah, literally. It's just paper and he's got them from all around the world. He loves them. I don't know why. It's very strange. And he's just got over 3,000 coasters is what he thinks he's got. Um, All different shapes and sizes, different beers, because he loves his beer. As he says, there's no such thing as a bad beer, just beers that's better than others. So he loves his beer (laughs) and he has 3,000 coasters, which is strange. It is strange. He's a bit of a hoarder. He would have a lot of people getting getting them for him too. I reckon that'd be like, we all be like, oh, having this beer. Oh, Ralphie would like this coaster. It is. It's it's true. It's what I do. I always take coasters for him. I'm like, here's some (laughs) coasters. Oh, thanks. I'll add them to my collection. He's just got like files of them it's well, just, i have a i have a journal fetish mm. a journal fetish i buy journals and i uh, they're probably up behind me at the moment no i buy them and i don't use them and i just like the look of them <laughs> there are people that are stationary hoarders and, and that's yeah, it's I a fine that. line isn't it between being a hoarder and being a collector because yeah, in my wanna... mind like ralphie I'm sorry, you're a hoarder. You're a hoarder. (laughs) He is. He He also collects, like, he'll go and, (laughs) this is funny, whenever he goes into Qantas Club, he'll go and just take, like, 30 salt and pepper sachets and takes them with him. And I'm like, why do you have them? And sugar. 
things. He goes, oh, well, I don't want to have to pay for it. So yes. He'll go and take it. And he has, he has so many of them. I'm like, you've got a thousand of them. <laughs> I think if like, if the, the, thing, the thing that you're collecting, if it's got the potential to become valuable within your collector, <laughs> If it doesn't, if you're like me and, you know, you look in my cupboard and I've got like 20 packets of rice stick noodles, which I've got no concept as to why I keep on buying noodles when I don't ever use them, that is hoarding. And I don't see coasters really making it onto antique roadshow no. and getting a value yeah, but, of, But that's what hoarders you know, have the delusion 000. of. They have the delusion that one day... A they will need it. It's going to be very, very expensive. <laughs> Ralphie it's could have the last laugh. <laughs> he said, he, I said, well, when you, when you die, Ralph, can I have your coaster collection? He's like, oh, no. <laughs> like, okay. One billionaire one property. day is going to be like, I need 3,000 coasters for a party that I'm having. We're all out of coasters. <laughs> no, it's so dumb, but that's, that's Ralphie for you. I feel like um, if we can get a photo with Ralphie with his ultimate coaster. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd be interested to see what the definition of an ultimate coaster is. Yeah, I'll do it. He also, he collects some other, what's, he, he all, yeah, he collects as well Aboriginal art. So, like, he's got, like, <laughs> Which is fair enough. <laughs> it's beautiful. He's got, like, a truckload of, like, boomerangs with Aboriginal art all over it. He loves that. And he goes, oh, I collect Aboriginal art and coasters. <laughs> That's his thing. He's a man of the arts. That's his profile. <laughs> that's a that's a Tinder profile right there. Yeah. I hope he's not on Tinder. <laughs> All right, Bob. Something has caught your eye recently. It's um, the Tour de France, um, arguably the hardest race in the world. Um, they've taken out podium girls from giving out the flowers and giving the the leader, the yellow jersey winner, um, a kiss on the cheek and a bottle of champagne. What do you reckon? Yeah, I was kind of, I was, I was a little bit, you know, when, when you think, oh, I'm so pro-women and, and all this and feminist, this and that. And I had this feeling like, what about all the girls that that's their job and they earn a living that way? And I kind of thought, no, that sucks for them and maybe we should ask them what they want to do or maybe we should add men, men to the podium and have different varying of opinions because honestly I feel sorry for the girls that actually love that job especially and the pit girls and all those sorts of um, modelling jobs that, that girls have. I just thought for, for being a feminist I just kind of went, the opposite way for once. <laughs> I, I think as well, there's a difference between sex being sexually objectified, um, which I yes. don't think, especially in the podium of the Tour de France where they're in beautiful dresses and it's not like they're wearing skimpy bathers and just walking around in heels with men goggling over them. They're not the star of this show. They're just there to give them their awards. Um, there's a big difference between the two, in my opinion. Um, hmm. And I kind of agree with you in like for, when I, when it, for me, I'm a bit either or it doesn't really bother me if they're in or out, but I completely agree with the, the job side of it. Mm. 
I agree as well. I think that in some ways it, it doesn't sit right with me. And when I initially saw it, I was like, yeah, probably about time that they got rid of them and got rid of the grid girls and that kind of thing. But then I sort of went, well, at the end of the day, you know, modelling, it is a career. There's probably an element of it where people are looking at you because of your looks. That's why you're employed. Um, and if they are comfortable with it and it is their choice, they are aspiring to do that. I mean, why should we be the ones to say that, no, you shouldn't be able to do it because it is, you know, we're, we're trying to make sure that women are equal with men. Um, you know, do we then just say, okay, let's open the invitation to, to men, like you said, actually having that opportunity to I don't know, give the Tour de France winners, a, um, you know, flowers and that kind of thing if they want to do it well then great if it ends up being women that are doing it well that's their choice as well but by taking their job away from them taking their choice away from them maybe that's just as bad so it's an interesting discussion i don't know whether or not there is anything sort of right and wrong and you feel by going like agreeing with it and saying oh no i feel sorry for them that you feel like that you're not really being a you know setting up for women's rights so it is a funny sort of position to actually um be in but in the women's side of cycling, on the podium with um, their racing, do they have male guys giving their awards on the podium? To I'm be fair, sure. I would rather the Tour de France, um, you know, promote the women's side of it more than taking uh, away jobs of, of the podium girls. I would rather them showcase the female side of the Tour de France a little bit more if they have one. I don't even know if they have one. That's how bad it is. I think they, they have they, a they do on the on the day. Um they do have a race that goes through. Yeah, they, they do a different race because it is uh, well back before like in when it first started it was perceived that women couldn't do the race because it is so demanding. Um, yeah. so I don't know whether or not, you know, we, we might, maybe we'll get one of the, the cycling girls on here to discuss that because it is, um, I wonder whether or not they think that's fair and it is a, a, a sport that gets in, you know, has per perception of the sports that we probably don't know anything about it. Only what we're kind of mm. seeing and, and assuming as such, um, just to due to just the, the sport itself, but it's quite in I saw an article the other day um, and it kind of ties into this uh, of just like how we perceive women's women around sport and it's partner wag war on footy stereotypes. And it's um, Marty Dangerfield, Patrick Dangerfield's wife and Hester Brown, um, which is um, Ben Brown's wife. They, they're saying they don't want to be known as footy wags and they say that they want to be called now significant others. Um, and they're starting a podcast as an interviewing other people thing. And it's about the term wag, whether that's not derogatory or not. I mean, we used to joke at hockey and used to have the, the hab, habs, they called themselves, the husband which, and boyfriend. Which changed into haps. Husbands, husbands and, partners and partners to be a bit more inclusive as well. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, is the term wag, I mean, I don't... I don't think that anyone should be known as, oh, that's, they're the wags as such, but it is just like, I don't know, it's a very loose term and colloquial kind of saying, isn't it? I don't know whether or not, um, again, again, I've, well, I don't really have an opinion on if they don't want to be called or they don't want to be called it either. Um, what do you, do you think, think? Do you think that it's got, see, when I hear wags, I feel as though now it doesn't really have a positive connotation with it. You know, when yeah. someone says a wag, it's for me, 
I kind of go, oh, well, that's the, their only role, that they're kind of a, a socialite and they are just the, the partner of a high-profile sports person. And I don't think I would like being referred to as a wag when perhaps I actually am successful in my own no, right. I just feel no. as though the connotations have changed significantly, particularly when it comes to um, soccer um, and then also cricket. Uh, maybe not so much as AFL, but maybe it is starting to sort of transition now. But I don't see as though the, the term wags, when people get called a wag, it's not usually a, a positive thing. A good I, thing. Yeah. I think the only wags that I know of, I don't know many players' partners because they're mostly, I mean, I, I really only follow AFL, so it's all I kind of know. And I don't know many players' partners because mostly they're off doing their own thing and not being wags as such what you know people want to be terms termed as what a wag is that at socialite kind of one the mm. ones who are wags are the socialite ones who love the fact that they're that and they've formed a career off you look at arguably the most famous wag in australia beck judd who has formed this incredible career off of her husband and now she is much more successful in terms of what she does and what he's doing. She's formed her own businesses. She's all over Perth, right, um, Melbourne radio a presenter. Um, she's a speech pathologist in her own right as well. But she stemmed off of that being a wag um, and has used it to her own advantage as such. I think you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't be stemming off of it um, and being like, oh, well, I'm going to use these and then not come with that other stuff that comes with it. Of, of you are that person's partner that's why we know you because of that um if that makes sense yeah but if i got called a wag i don't think that i would like it and that in itself is a, a problem i just feel over recent years it just doesn't have a positive connotation it indicates that you're less than you know what you've actually earned the right to to do that you are only there because of your partner um, which I just don't think is true. So it'd be interesting to see how many of the partners have an issue with it. And oh. you mentioned you mentioned that there are a couple there, but there, it might not bother some. It might bother uh, um, some others. But for me, I don't think that I would particularly particularly like it, especially in journalism. Now I think that you know they kind of throw it out there a fair bit. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what other kind of terms people come up with to replace wags. You know, you talked about significant others, maybe like that's what pops, they want to be called. Partners of players. Um, how about But oh, isn't that the same thing? You're still describing that. You're still doing way. it, yeah, exactly. Like that's you're still exactly doing it. the same thing. Um, if you're gonna be have a, a general term, that's just saying Yeah, you're still yeah, just, one of them just, as opposed to being an individual. I just think don't don't abbreviate it, just call them partners. Cause yeah. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> I don't have a problem with them going, oh, that's the wife, that's the, the partners. But it's funny how WAGS has just taken, uh, I guess, uh, its own identity. And when you think of a, when you think of it, when you think of a wag, you don't think of someone's partner. I just think of somebody basically sponging off the fame of. Is yeah. that though? Is that athlete. former? Is that former players' partners doing a disservice then to that? Then it's nothing other than what your perception of being a wife and a girlfriend is. I also think you it's know. like it, when you, when you look at it, I think it's like a, 
you know, when girls are at the, at the clubs and the nightclubs and they just want to be a wag, I, ha- I have that physical image of a girl sloshing over the, I think they want to be segregated from that sort of stereotype. Mm. You know, when they throw themselves at the footy players, trying to get them to be, you know, go, you know, get in their lives and become a wag because, you know, that's how you get famous. Yeah, it's an interesting discussion, isn't it? I mean, in the end, I think that they are their own individuals and that's what they're trying to say. Well, that's what they are mm. saying. They're their own individuals. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the abbreviation, I don't know, it's still abbreviation, isn't it? Anyway, let's, let's go on to our favourite segment, Spuds. Potato. I'm a potato. Um, so my boiled potato of the week, look, I went fries a few times there, but now I'm just going boiled potatoes because things piss me off a little bit more in isolation. Um, Djokovic. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. What a toss pot this guy is. Like, I thought I liked him because he, he juggles a, a tennis ball like a soccer ball, but no, he's, he's a wanker. Um, so he uh, stepped down from, from being the president of the um, Players Association as it currently is and wants to have a men's only players group that helps them make more money, um, you know, to protect their interests. Uh, he's currently worth $220 million. I I read this and I was instant, initially like, oh, what? There's no women on that. But in saying that, the WTA and the ATP have already very separated. Um, and that's probably a discussion of getting them merged to begin with before you merge players associations. They're very separated because I, again, was a bit like, uh, the same, was a bit like that. My problem with that is that they're separating from the ATP and Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer has come out and said, oh, we don't agree with this at the moment. Everything's so unsettling and we need to be coming together, together and yeah. looking after every, uh, ourselves um, as a group, not individually. Um but the fact that they're already so separated and have completely different tour events made me kind of okay with the fact there's no women. I feel as though that's something that needs to be addressed at the top level but, anyway. But what about Andy Murray comes in with the fries? Look, I'm not saying no to it, but where, where are the women? I love yeah, Andy he, Murray. He's the best <laughs> at that kind of stuff. What do you have for yeah. us today? Uh, well, I'm going to give fries to uh, Stacey Marinkovic, who was a fever coach. She's now been appointed the head coach of the Diamonds, taking over from Lisa Alexander. So she's going to do a dual role. She's going to be coaching the fever plus the Diamonds until at least the end of 2021. So I think that's um, pretty good. I'm pretty sure she's just got a young kid as well. So that's um, pretty inspiring stuff to be taking on a dual role as coach and then also be a parent as well. So she gets some fries and also going to give some fries to Jake Riccardi from GWS in his second game of AFL level. He kicked four goals. Amazing. Amazing. Is that like, he just looked like an absolute pro out there and Jeremy Cameron, the captain, huge goal kicker. He had to match him with four goals, but uh, yeah, it was an interesting game to watch GWS take on Frio and Jake Riccardi look as though he was just the man to beat. 20 years of age. So he's, uh, he's got a fairly mature body. 
Um, but he kicked, I think, two goals in his like his debut game, and then he's kicked four in his. So he's kind of he probably is in contention for the Buddy Coleman race the way that he's going. If he played all year, could have been this sensation. Who knows? Mine's another AFL one. I've got some fries, and it's for Buckley, and it's something that I say quite often that. Um, like we did, we went to the Olympics, Ash, and neither of us came home with a medal. And especially us in Rio, where we went in as a highly ranked team and we didn't come out of medal, and it kind of was hard to deal with. And I had to kind of keep saying to myself, it doesn't matter that I didn't win a medal, it doesn't mean that I'm less of a person, those kind of things. And I you're not successful. This, it doesn't mean I'm not successful. And it's same with, you know, kids, if, you, if I didn't go to the Olympics, it doesn't mean that I wasn't a good person or anything. It just meant that mm. you don't get to get a shit tattoo. You know what I mean? And Nathan Buckley, somebody has said they've written an article and it said that um, him not um, having a premiership is kind of a taint on his career. And and he's come out and he said this, and I I think he's just putting it brilliantly because he kind of puts it into perspective. The other day, I don't make it all about me, but about emptiness. I just, I just want to put on record that my life is very far from empty. Like, I don't have a flag, but I'll be working towards it. Um, but it, it's not going to define me whether I get it or not. Um, my life is very full. I'm very fortunate. I had a lot of love and got a great club and great group of boys and I'm looking forward to whatever the next couple of months brings. I'll just say and I love that because it just meant that doesn't define you. A premiership doesn't define you. Going to the Olympics doesn't define you. You're still an individual. You're not a wag. You're an individual. <laughs> Those kind of things. Um, and I thought that was a really just put things into perspective of, you know, what actually matters in the world and what doesn't. So I thought he gets I think it. we need a, an applause for that one. That was excellent. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool. nice way to um, finish off the podcast. I'm feeling yeah, really good. I mean, yeah, last I'm time Bob, Bob's actually <laughs> talked about, you know, kids on the <laughs> dying and that wasn't, a nice, that, that wasn't a nice way to end the podcast. So we've really learnt. We've learnt from that and now we've got Nathan Buckley delivering inspiring stories. Uplifting. Um and that's it, listeners. If you're new to us, stick with us. We're, we're good fun if you're an old one. Thank you for tuning in again. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your mum. Just download us, even if you're not going to listen to us, just download us. We really appreciate it. Um, if you're having a punt, do so responsibly. And we will see you, hopefully, next week. Bye-bye.